You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome to Big Show Hour 4, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, Wet Basement. We have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry if you experience any water in your basement. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Calgary Flames off tonight, but they're out in Pittsburgh getting ready to take on the Penguins tomorrow evening. But before then, the Pens do have one more game. They're in Washington to take on the Capitals for the Caps season opener. And we go down the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. We are joined by Taylor Haas, Penguins reporter uh, for DK Sport, uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports and uh, the podcast on Fifth Avenue. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me. How is D.C.? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm at the morning skate right now, so if you hear any any noise in the back, that's what that is. But uh, yeah, DC's great. <laughs> no, we love the we love the background <laughs> noise with the rink with the pucks. It's awesome. Uh, talk about opening night. Obviously, there's Connor Bedard in his first NHL game, uh, taking that face off up against Crosby. Obviously, not the start the Penguins wanted. Uh, Crosby's line looked good, but uh, you know, Mike Sullivan said there was great A chances on both sides, and uh, you know, kind of the collapse there in the third period. What was your observation? Uh, take away from opening night yeah I mean it's too hard to put too much stock into into opening night um the Penguins had seven new guys in the lineup they Mm -hmm. haven't had that many new guys in the lineup since 2006 so I feel like you know there's gonna be an adjustment period but yeah I mean you saw you know good things from like like you said Sid's line um Brian Russ especially after he was kind of coming off a down year last year uh the third period collapse a little concerning given that that was an issue uh last year but I, I feel like the third period collapse was a little different i feel like you know last year when they would collapse um they would you know straight up collapse and they it would be like an onslaught of, of shot attempts but this one they just kind of sit you know mm. set back and they weren't you know going for anything offensively themselves um so that was a little concerning but um i feel like it's too early to say like it's a trend or it's anything carried over from last year especially all the new faces uh, Eric Carlson, obviously, probably the the biggest new name uh, that was uh, added to the Pens this uh, this off season. Obviously, we know what he is a super offensive minded player, but you know, a little left to be desired in his own. And uh, what did you make of sixty five's debut with uh, in uh, Vegas uh, or in black and gold? Yeah, I mean, he had, he had a quiet debut. He had a quiet, you know, preseason debut too. But then he, you know, he turned it on. Um, that his last preseason game, uh, it's still, you know, an adjustment period, especially um, with him quarterbacking the top power play unit. Now, um, you know, they had a Jake Gensel for opening night and that was the first time they had ever played uh, together. So um, I'm quiet debut. I think you saw flashes of what he could do uh, offensively and what, you know, what you can expect, but um, you know, not, not, not the points that I think any of the fans are hoping to see opening night. Uh, his partner, his defense partner, obviously, uh, Marcus Patterson, a defensive-minded guy. Uh, you know, he hasn't had the most healthy career uh, so far, but is is he the right fit right now for Carlson's game to be give you that, you know, well, Carlson's going to do his own thing and his own you know, his offensive mind, but then you have Marcus Patterson who's, yeah, I'll take care of the defense. Uh, is that a good fit to start at least? Yeah, I, I love that pairing. I think Patterson is one of the real underrated um defensive defenseman in, in the game. Mm-hmm. I know if you look at like the, the micro stats and like the advanced stats with him and, and what he's able to do to protect his own end, he, he's super underrated. He doesn't get the attention um, he deserves like that. So yeah, I, I like that. Um, uh, they were together, you know, all of preseason, even going back to the informal skates before, you know, training camp. Um, so they've had a lot of time to get, 
to get acclimated. And the one thing uh, Carlson said is he likes to speak English on the ice, and Pedersen <laughs> doesn't. Pedersen speaks Swedish, so there's there's that uh, there's that they have to adjust to. But um, yeah, I've, I've liked what I've seen from the pairing so far in preseason. Uh, the last era, the Brian Burke, uh, Ron Hextall era went, you know, it didn't go as well as, you know, maybe people have, would have thought, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, in steps Kyle Dubas and he has certainly put his stamp on this group. Uh, how did the fans initially receive the hire of Dubas? Obviously we saw what he did in Toronto and, uh, building them back up to where they are now. How are the fans taking to Dubas when they announced that hire, uh, just at the end of June there? I mean, the, the bar I think was set. Pretty, pretty low from the last regime that fans, I think, would have accepted anyone. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the reception of Kyle Dubas, I think um, bringing in Kyle Dubas just seems so unrealistic for a long period of time. There's that time when, you know, you thought he was going to go back to Toronto, but then even then um, you figured he would have to have, you know, a big price tag or it would, it would be hard to bring him here. But I mm-hmm. think fans were ecstatic. And then, obviously, the, the moves he, he makes coming in and the Eric Carlson trade um, – wouldn't you know? Not only bringing in Eric Carlson, but then dumping like the Jeff Petrie contract and the Kyle Granlund contract. That you know, I, I know fans thought. I thought you know they wouldn't be able to unload that without you know throwing in you know you know picks, you know draft picks, and it would be a cap dump. But to get like Eric Carlson in return, um, yeah, Dubas, yeah. your fans loved him to start, and he's made a great first impression. Does he? Does in your impression of, of Kyle Dubas, does he feel like he's got? Like, obviously, he had the GM role there in, in Toronto, but, he, you know, there was guys above him. Obviously, MLSC has a has a big hand in what everything goes there in Toronto. How, how much does, does Fenway uh, Sports Group play into what Dubas does? Obviously, he, he's president, he's GM right now, but how much say does, like, Fenway Sports have in, in what Dubas does, or is it just like, hey, man, this is your team, you do what you want? I, I think it's more so, you know, it's his team. Um, he can do what he wants, Uh Fenway, you know, the top guys at Fenway, like like John Henry, Tom Warner, they're they're not in Pittsburgh that often. Yeah. They do have um, you know, someone on the ground, but you know, he's he's not one of the top guys at, at Fenway. But um so they do have someone from Fenway involved in the day to day operations. But I mean I mean naming Kyle president of hockey ops, that kind of uh that says it all. He's uh he has, you know, a lot of control here. Uh, Riley Smith, uh, that was another uh, really nice ad. Obviously, Vegas needed to to do some salary dumping, but you know you get you get Riley Smith in. He was a a massive part of uh, that Golden Knights six year journey that uh, ultimately uh, culminated in a banner. Uh, what are the uh, early returns on for Smith? How does he fit in with through training camp and and uh, and and preseason? Yeah, I think um, the thing with Smith, so he's he's playing on Malkin's left wing. He's he's filling the role that Jason Zucker used to have. And I think something Riley Smith brings more so than Jason Zucker is just a defensive uh, game yeah. and responsible, which you kind of need if you're going to play with um, Evgeny Malkin. Uh, I, I forget the way Mike Sullivan put it during training camp, but he, you know, he put it nicely that Malkin can be like adventurous with mm-hmm. the puck and that can sometimes be hard um, to play with. And Riley Smith is the kind of defensive-minded partner you want to pair with a risk taker uh, like Malkin, but then Riley Smith, if you look at, you know, what the numbers he was putting for Vegas, he's able to contribute offensively too. Um, so kind of a, a quiet debut for him too, but uh, I, I like the potential of, of that, that line. Is, is the top, I look at the top six, like that's a, that's a, that's a top group in the NHL. Uh, you go, you pull every team and you're like, that's a, that's a decent top six. Obviously that you got Lars Zanner, Lars Eller centering that third line. You got Jansen Harkins. You picked up off waivers, but is the depth there? You think uh, for the Penguins, is is it a right mix or is it just it feels a little too top heavy right now? 
I, I think, I mean, the depth has definitely improved over what it was last year. Just mm-hmm. it was so, so bad last year. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's hard to say. Um, I, I like uh, pieces of that line of, of the bottom six. Jeff Carter is still kind of a concern, um, mm-hmm. just his age slowing down. I mean, they kind of reduced his role as much as you really can. He went from third line center to fourth line wing, <laughs> playing on the wing, you know, far less taxing. In, but then, you know, the minutes too. Um, and yeah, there are a couple of pieces there that, uh, you know, if like, like a Harkins, if he doesn't, you know, live up to expectations, he could just get put back on the waivers and probably end up back in Winnipeg and something that Dubas did this summer more so than I've, I've seen since I've been covering the team six years is the, the depth signings for the minors. So Wilkes-Barre is going to be incredible this year, but yeah. there's so many pieces down there, especially at forward that. You know, if someone falters in, in the in the bottom six, or you know, anywhere on the NHL roster, there there are pieces in Wilkesbury waiting to to come up and take a spot. We're chatting with Taylor Haas, uh, Peng, uh, Penguins reporter for DK's Pit, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, it's it's Tristan Jari's crease now. He signed a nice extension there in the off season. He's a career nine fourteen save percentage, two sixty five goals against. Uh, you know, those are some damn fine numbers. But you know, he was banged up all last season. He said and. You know, can do you think he can be the guy that can be the sixty to sixty-five game guy? I think you know Alex Nedeljkovic can be a, a nice spell, but I don't think he's where he was maybe when he was in Carolina there in his rookie year. But is Tristan Jari like the guy that that can lead Pittsburgh to where they want to be? Uh, I think sixty sixty-five games might be asking a lot. Okay. Um, you know, he was he was injured a lot a lot last year. Yeah. Um, and it was it was the same injury all throughout the season. He had it at it, it, it training camp um, is when he, he started dealing with it, and he really was just not able to get healthy. Full off season um, of, of rehab, it seems like he's in a good spot now. He says he is, not that he would tell us if he isn't. Uh, but I haven't seen any indication that he's still hurting or, or trying to play through anything. Um, but still, you look at what he was dealing with last year. I, I, I'd be cautious to put like a heavy, heavy workload on him. Nedeljkovic had a great preseason, mm-hmm. and I, I, it, that's someone that you don't. It's hard to know what to expect because he played for Detroit, where and Detroit makes a lot of goalies look bad. But yeah. he played for Carolina, that makes a lot of goalies look good. Yeah. I, I feel like the truth is somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Um, so, but I mean, from the from the preseason, what we saw, I, he was he was solid. Um, so I I maybe lean on him a little more than okay um, yeah well that's good that's good because i mean like i think that's the trend around the nhl is like there's very few workhorse goaltenders nowadays you look at what vegas did last year you see what la is trying to do and if you can get a good split uh, you know a 60 40 split with your goaltenders i think you're gonna be doing all right uh, I don't know where Vegas gets some of their odds sometimes but they they listed mike <laughs> sullivan as the third uh, with the third best odds on the first ho- head coach to be fired at fifteen to two, I know it's an easy excuse. Oh, they're old and whatnot. You know, they got Carlson. If it doesn't work out, you know things aren't going to go well. But man, this guy won two cups back to back. You know, and, and that's uh, that's a rare thing to do in this day and age. Do you, do you feel like the, Mike Sullivan's not getting enough credit for what he's been doing here in Pittsburgh? Yeah, especially you know since the cup, the years where they you know had so many injuries and he was mm-hmm. able to keep them uh, in a playoff spot, you know, up until um, last year. Yeah. I don't, the odds on him getting fired. I, I don't see that happening. I, and I mean, if it were to happen, you know, he'd have a job the next day, but oh, 100%. Uh, 
yeah, the way Dubis has spoken about Mike Sullivan and uh, even Fenway, Fenway, when they took over, um, they're calling him one of the greatest hockey minds of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> there's no way Mike Sullivan uh, gets, gets fired this season. I, I think, you know, he probably doesn't get enough credit on the outside, but yeah. internally with ownership and president of hockey ops, Kyle Dubas, I think he definitely gets the recognition he deserves. Uh, Penn's playing the Capitals tonight uh, down at the Capital One Arena in uh, Washington, D.C. Where's the, where do you think this rivalry's at? I mean, the Capitals, they're obviously in a transition state. Uh, they got a new coach. Uh, Ovi and Backstrom are also, you know, entering the twilights of their career, like similar to this Penn's group. Uh, is, is this a rivalry that maybe has a potential to carry over after Crosby, Malkin, and Ovi have gone? Or is it just like this was a, this was a manufactured thing, but that... It was Crosby, Ovechkin, and that the Penguins and Capitals can't ever be rivals again. I I think the the rivalry will carry over. I mean, they were you know rivals in the nineties, yep. not quite to the level of like you know Penguins Penguins Flyers. The the Sid Ovi thing was definitely manufactured, and there might have been some hatred between the two of them early on. But I mean, if you look at them now, it they're friends yeah. and, you know they you watch them at the all-star game and they did that little skills competition mm-hmm. you know breakaway challenge together with Ovi's son um I remember I, I asked uh Ovi at the all-star game you know how his the rivalry has evolved over the years and um he spoke about it becoming more of a respect and he said you know like once they're both retired he wants to sit down and have you know some beers with sit and talk it over yeah. so uh, that that hatred definitely isn't there anymore. Um, I think it is on the, with the fans, but um, it's just cool to see how the rivalry has evolved now that you know Sidnovi are where they are in their careers. Yeah, it would be, it'd be super interesting to see those do like do two like a podcast or like an interview sit down just yeah. like, just Ovi and Crosby just talking about their careers and whatnot because like like there's a, the whole generation of fans were built behind those two and like you look at it around the NHL like Connor Bedard his favorite player Sidney Crosby it's it's crazy uh your latest up at DK Pittsburgh Sports was uh the, obviously the the joint disappointment shared by i think a good chunk of players around the league and uh Penguins uh players obviously shared their opinion but uh what was the general mood uh, as the NHL's latest step backwards uh unveiling their special initiatives ban yeah i you know, it's it's to, it's not super clear what all that ban entails, but mm-hmm. the one thing that's been confirmed by Outscores is, is the pride tape, yep. which was always optional. Um, you know, the, the jerseys, that was a whole separate issue, but, I mean, the pride tape, there were always players that didn't use the pride tape, whether that be due to personal beliefs or just not wanting to go through, like, untaping and retaping their stick exactly. after one. Exactly. And yeah, so the the mood, uh, you know, I asked I asked a bunch of the Penguins players in the after practice yesterday about the ban, and it, disappointment um, really across the board from everyone I talked to, and I, they also seemed, you know, especially with like you know Gensel and Raquel, they seemed confused of why it, this was even necessary because, mm-hmm. like I said, they're like it was always optional, no one was forced to do it, and there were plenty of players who didn't use the tape, and yep. no one, I, you know, there were like maybe four or five Penguins who didn't last year. No one noticed. No one cared. Uh, so it just seems like you know the NHL is putting it in, re- in reverse and flooring it, taking a, a step back with really limiting what these uh, players are able to do. I know. I know some players across the league. Um, I believe Scott Lawton Scott with Lawton. the Flyers yep. said, you know, yeah, he's gonna. You might see the tape anyway. I know Pride Tape has said the players have ordered it. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. One team, I believe, has ordered a whole bunch of it. I don't know which team, but I know yeah. one team ordered a whole crate of it. 
Yeah, I'm not sure uh, about the Penguins. I know when I talked to them yesterday, a lot of them had only found out about it that day. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they really hadn't had a lot of had a lot of time to think of it. But I mean, yeah, it was a weird time to. It was a weird time to announce right. the band. Like your your season's starting up. The players are still <laughs> in camp. And he's like, boom! It's a holiday Monday here and down in the states, yeah. and here you go. Yeah, I mean, and the sentiment across the board from the Penguins is like, we're going to have to find our own way to recognize these groups. And that's not just the the Pride Night. Um, You know, like the the Hockey Fights Cancer, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of guys who are passionate about that. P.O. Joseph spoke about, um, you know, like the Black Hockey History Month. Um, There are guys passionate about the military nights, and it seems like, you know, all of the individual things the guys were allowed to do before is just taken away. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a crazy decision by the NHL. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Crosby, Malik, and Latang. You know, they set the North American sports record by playing in their 18th straight season together. Obviously, they got the three cups, the longevity. Do you feel like with these guys and you know they've under their current contract structure, is can this group win a Stanley Cup one more with these guys? Yeah, I you know I people like to point out that the Penguins are the oldest team in the league and their average age and all that, but I think if you look at the years that those guys had last year, Latang obviously you know he had the stroke and you know mm-hmm. he, he had some time off for that, but they're they're not they're really not slowing down. And you look at you know Crosby and Malkin played all you know 82 games. Yep. Um, they weren't the problems. There's the pieces behind them mm-hmm. that, you know, Hexall really failed to build up, especially at the bottom six. Um, so, yeah, I think the core can win another cup. It's whether or not they can build around them. And, you know, they have pretty affordable contracts. It's not like they're, um, you know, restricting them in that way. And that's, you know, what even Duda said when he got, he got hired. I asked him, you know, do you believe this is a group that can still contend for a cup? And he said he does. But it's up to him to build up, you know, the, the supporting pieces for the core. So um, it's too early to say whether or not they've they've done that uh, appropriately. But uh, I definitely think the core has has uh, you know one more run in them. Taylor, thank you so much for uh, for talking some Penguins with me. Enjoy the game tonight and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. And we'll uh, we'll do this again in the future. I'm sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Anytime.